So it is. We well, it's a year basically since we published our first podcast. So it's celebration time. Yeah. And Sarah, do you want to explain? I mean, I think we we will <laughs> try and put, we will try and put some <laughs> a photo up because Sarah is donning some quite amazing eyewear, which I think you should explain. Flashy eyewear. Very flashy, flashy eyewear. eyewear. They're very will I am, aren't they? They're yes. very flashing. Actually, I got sent these because um, we want a pop and movie quiz at work. <laughs> so I got sent these with bar boxes, which was nice. They must have been quite glad to have you on their team. Oh, of course. <laughs> with all my movie knowledge, of course. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, can't believe one year. My goodness. Where's Amazing. that gone? I don't know. Right, I'm going to open this little bottle of Prosecco as well. It's not a popper one, is it? It's so <laughs> it's a, not. It's a twisty top. No, did you hear that? Did you hear the well. twisty top? Anyway, maybe, yeah. wait, hang on, maybe I can get this. Oh, did you hear that? Right. Cheers. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Yay. Ching, ching. <laughs> a virtual cheers. A virtual cheers. You can't hear that cheers. ching though, can you? I know. Isn't it nuts, right? <laughs> when we so we started this in lockdown, and let's be honest, one year on, we still are able to go in each other's houses. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. It's crazy, isn't it? We would have thought by crazy. now it may not have always been virtual but it has i know that's not bad actually very nice nice bit of prosecco nice bit of fizz yeah bit of fizz thank you very much for inviting me in the first place to this podcast because it was all your idea (laughs) and um yeah so uh and i've absolutely loved it you know reviewing all these different films and watching films that probably i would never have watched before as well um like vertigo for example (laughs) and good the bad and the ugly and all these films that i probably would never have watched and thanks to you i have so uh no they're really good no it's been amazing i absolutely love it i I think my cu- you're culturalizing myself if that's such a word so you're giving me a bit more culture I, I just think it's great that whatever happens in the week you are going to watch two films and you don't necessarily know what they're going to be from week to week I think that's what I love whether it's a film you haven't seen before or it's an old classic you haven't seen for ages or mm. as with our more recent kind of approach new releases I think it's been really good, actually, adding the new releases. I think it's yeah. nice to watch something current. Yeah, there's a couple that have surprised you as well that you thought you wouldn't like and you'd like, like Big and Paranormal oh, Sally that you've not watched before. Totally. So, so, yeah. Totally. It's funny, though, about Big. I was, I've often will tell people about films that have surprised me, like Big, which I hadn't seen before. But so often when I say Big to people, they're like, oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how did I how did I not even see that? <laughs> Actually, and I don't know if this happens to you, but often conversations happen with friends and a film comes up that you've forgotten to even put on the list. So I think throughout this, I don't know about you, I'm sure you have. You've been adding films. Oh, yeah. I've added some this week. Have you? Yeah. Let's name one film each that, oh, we've, that we've added, added recently. Just one each. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, it, you might pick it because I think um, there's a couple of categories that might... Okay, well, keep stick, stick clear of musical. All right, I added on um, Star Wars, ah, okay. uh, episode four, New Hope. It wasn't on my list and I thought, actually, that makes a really good fantasy movie. I added American Werewolf in London. Oh, right, okay. Which, I've not seen it. 
the list yeah, think... grows and grows. So, mm. have you watched anything that's sort of, of great value this week? I'm going to let you down and say I haven't really. No, I haven't. I've watched a couple of things. I think this should just be your slot. Well, it's not a huge amount. I've watched the third episode of Winter Soldier, and it's getting better. Let's just say that. Okay. Captain America has now turned bad, and he's taken some dodgy serum to give him super strength because he doesn't feel as powerful as the original Captain America. So that's the latest update. It's getting better, and I recommend watching it now. Okay. I watched War with Grandpa, which is a great family movie with Robert De Niro, Uma Thurman, Christopher Walken as well, and Jane Seymour was a surprise to see her in this as well. And really, De Niro's character moves in with his daughter's family, but takes his grandson's bedroom. His grandson's not very happy about it, so he declares war with his granddad. And I'll leave it as that. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite entertaining, I have to say. And actually, some of that comes into some of the movie that we're watching a bit later as well. I'll explain all later. And we watched the first Hunger Games last week watched the second one which is Catching Fire and we watched The Walking J 1 and 2 and uh, yeah really good I really enjoyed watching them all again and it's you know it's, it's got Jennifer Lawrence in it uh, Liam Hemsworth and the last two about trying to get revenge on President Snow after he destroys pretty much all 12 districts and tries to rule but love watching them all again and now we're going to start watching probably the Divergent series wow you do pack them in I have to say I've been on holiday so that's true it's been Easter break hasn't it put a couple during the day I haven't been able to go to many places so so why not I don't know if you want to follow up with the animation movie this week should we do that Ponyo yes we could do Ponyo Uh, did you say Ponyo or Ponyo 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 yes it came out in 2008 this and I think I watched it for the first time when my eldest was probably about that age where you're able to engage them in a movie, probably more than anything to stop them crying or keep them quiet. And I don't know if we bought the DVD or we stumbled across this. Didn't know anything about Hayao Miyazaki and all the other films that he's done, like Spirited Away is quite a famous one. There's a whole host of them. But yeah, it just really, really captivated our son. And so I think almost because of that, it's held a special place in my heart. This is inspired by Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid which is quite obvious when you watch the film. It's the English language version. So we have voices on this. Kate Blanchett, Matt Damon, Liam Neeson, Tina Fey. So anglicised somewhat, but it's the animation style of all of Miyazaki's films that are the most unique thing about them. I find it really hard to describe it. It's almost like these floating kind of mystical-like illustrations that just seem to flow off the page onto the screen. It's not manga. It's nothing like manga, but I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I, there's an element of manga. Element of manga, you're right. Yeah. Element of it, but it's just beautiful. So anyway, let's rattle on. So A Fish Called Ponyo accidentally falls asleep inside a jellyfish which floats out to sea and gets caught in a trawler net finds itself caught in a jam jar which washes up on the shore and found by a little five-year-old boy called sosuke ponyo isn't moving until he smashes the jar 
to release it, at which point he cuts his finger, which is promptly licked by the fish. And Sasuke exclaims, it's alive, it's alive, you know, bit me, it bit me. Just as his mom, Lisa, who is voiced by Tina Fey, turns up on her way to work, Sosuke takes Ponyo home, but not before Ponyo's father, Fujimoto, who is voiced by Liam Neeson and is in human form, appears out of the sea. He's got this kind of like bright, fiery red hair. He looks quite freaky, actually. It's mm. almost like a scary Willy Wonka character. Very skinny, gaunt face, Very isn't gaunt, he? Well? Yeah, exactly. And he comes out of the scene, he comes out with this kind of weed killer device to spray him with water because he can't survive on dry land. He comes to try and grab Ponyo back, but doesn't quite get to him. And then when visiting the local elderly home where Lisa works, Ponyo cheekily kind of spits water at one of the grumpier ladies and, and they run down to the shore where these two sea monsters sent by her father does eventually retrieve Ponyo. But Ponyo is determined to get back and become human. That's what she wants. Um, and he wants to live on land. And so with the help of her little sisters, which are all these tiny, tiny, tiny little uh, fishes who look just like Ponyo, who all help her break free from this magical bubble that her father keeps her in under the sea and manages to return back to Sosuke on, on top of these kind of huge waves. You, you see Sosuke running along these huge waves, which take the form of these fish. And I think this is the whole thing of this. It's like everything has this fantasy element. You know, waves suddenly start to look like fish or you get these dark, evil-like black creatures that flow from his father to try and suck Ponyo back in at various times. There's all these kind of strange creatures that seem to merge with the landscapes or the seascapes. So Sosuke basically is reunited with Ponyo, but this also triggers a huge, huge storm. And we're led to believe by Fujimoto... Ponyo's father, that this is because the world is now becoming unbalanced with Ponyo leaving the sea and joining humans, who he despises because he blames humans ruining the planet. So Ponyo goes home with Sosuke and Lisa, Sosuke's mother. Lisa basically has to leave their home as this storm is hitting the island because she needs to go and check out the nursing home to check on the elderly residents there because it's starting to get cut off. So she drives away. Their house is actually high on a hill. So, you know, Sosuke and Ponyo are protected. But as they watch, you know, they watch the whole town become completely submerged and you know, by this point, Ponyo has also <laughs> sprouted legs and arms. They're more like chicken legs. It's quite amusing as Ponyo seems to be starting to form into a human and also uses her magic to turn Sosuke's toy boat into a real size working boat. It's the solution, if you like, to help them go off and try and get to Sosuke's mother, who obviously he's very concerned about. So they leave the house in this toy boat and go past this mass evacuation, trying to get to the shores of the nursing home. Ponyo starts to grow tired, and it seems like Ponyo's losing magic. And just as they get to the shore, like, you know, the boat shrinks again. And then we have Ponyo's father appears again out of the sea. And basically takes Ponyo, Sosuke, Lisa, and all the inhabitants of the nursing home into this kind of enchanted underwater sea garden, which takes away all of the elderly people's disabilities. So it's almost like, you know, they're free of all their ailments. So there's sort of something, you know, magical going on. And then we have this giant mermaid-like queen that appears that 
appears to be the queen or mother of all of them, called mm-hmm. Grandma Mare, and she's voiced by Kate Blanchett, and tells Ponyo, you know, if she really wants to become human, she has to give up her magic, that's the sacrifice, and then puts Ponyo in a magic bubble and hands her to Sosuke, telling him that he has to make the choice, and if he really loves her, he can kiss the bubble and she'll become human. So that's pretty much it i don't think any of that is kind of spoiler material because it's more i don't know about you sarah but i i think it's a very easy film to get just completely caught up in because of the way it looks it's got a beautiful soundtrack it's just obviously completely unique even though obviously you can see it's based on little mermaid and it was interesting my children don't remember watching it when they were younger and so we put it on we did do it in two sittings because we started watching it late at night but they were completely transfixed even my eldest so yeah, anyway, I really, really liked it. But I know that you haven't seen it before or indeed seen any of these types of films from Hayao Miyazaki before. So what did no, you think? No, I haven't. I think it's a Marmite film, to be honest. You either kind of love it or you hate it or you don't, you know, you don't like it, really. Hate is such a harsh word, I would say. But I watched it with my boys uh, halfway through. They were two more interested in their computer gaming in the first half, but they joined me halfway through. And then, yeah, they were transfixed by it. And I think we might go back and watch it again, potentially, as well. So, yeah, you mentioned already it's based on Hans Christian Andersen book, The Little Mermaid. But what the director and writer wanted to do is he felt that the protagonist in the book lacked a soul and he wanted to present that more within his animation and yeah it was released in 2008 in Japan but in the English version was 2009 and released by Walt Disney Pictures and I think that's what made it more claims because it came from such a strong brand so I mean it's rated very highly on IMDB at 7.7 at the moment and the English version includes um, some A-listers from the Western world it's got as you mentioned Kate Blanchett in it but you know they, they list Kate Blanchett Matt Damon and, and Liam Neeson as the first people on the list on IMDB but actually there's Noah Cyrus which is the sister of Millie Cyrus who plays Ponyo and Sosuke is the little brother of the Janus brothers Frankie Janus and then you get Tina Fey as well and she's listed later in, in the credits as well which I find really odd she's done loads of animations and Kate Blanchett's first animation she's done since uh, How to Train a Dragon Simpsons Family Guy Matt Damon's done quite a lot of animations with Titan AE Spirit and Arthur and Happy Feet 2 can't forget that one and Liam Neeson's done uh, Nut Job the Lego movie of, of course as the bad cop so it was nice that they brought in some sort of more famous I would say younger people to play those young people's parts and the, I have to say the little boy was very Sosuke was very sweet um, kind of steals your heart really i didn't really get at first what if you hadn't read what the storyline was i don't think you would have known straight away that ponyo was was a goldfish i don't think you can see that very clearly in the animation but the animation is is absolutely stunning the detail not necessarily the people but the detail of all the wildlife and nature wrapped around is just beautiful colours and it really shows some of the problems that were going on in the sea life as well with pollution. I mean, we first find Ponyo in a bottle and it just goes to show what we're doing to the sea, to the planet ourselves with all the plastics. You can see that being drooled up at the start of the movie as well. And apparently Heo Marazaki, his trademarks tend to be around fearless heroine. So we had Ponyo and we had his mum pretty strong characters fantasy creatures so we had actually some ancient creatures prehistoric fish 
in this film as well, not just, you know, bog standard goldfish. And you had wartime destruction. I guess that was the tsunami. Compassionate characters, that was Sosuke and, and the grandmother as well. Flying, I guess, could be represented with the waves. Nature, we saw a lot of that throughout the film. And then illustrated end credits. They tend to be featured in most of his anime creations that he does. The music and, and the animation style sometimes rem- reminded me of the snowman. Okay. The colour pencil background and it was beautifully detailed and colourful. But then you add on top the layers of the manga style anime over the top. And then the music was just... There's certain scenarios where I just sat there and I thought, gosh, this reminds me really strongly of the Father Christmas or, or the Snowman, really. So I wondered whether there was some, to make it more westernised, then maybe it may have looked at some animations that may have been released out in the Western world as well. But at the same time, we know that I looked it up just to see who had composed the music and it was a Japanese composer as well. So, so there wasn't the same composer at all in this. It cost $34 million to make and, and took $204 million worldwide gross at the box office which is incredible and it, at the time is it could be still actually the fifth highest grossing anime film of all time so toy story made 394 million dollars worldwide gross so it's not that far behind really so it did very well at the box office what else could i say about it really it was just beautifully done at first it's it's not my cup of tea i would say it's not a go-to movie that i would normally go to i did ask my boys you know do you prefer this animation or do you like Pokemon more for example of course they would say Pokemon because they've seen more of that style animation before but my go-to movies would probably be more Disney Pixar DreamWorks-esque style I would say and that's probably because that's what I've grown up with and they've grown up with Pokemon I guess so they've got something here the director has made something in the middle I would say between those two I mean there's a lot of charm about this movie I don't know whether you've got anything further to add before I give it a score um, no, not really. I, I think all of his films have similar themes in them. And I think if anyone hasn't seen one of these Miyazaki films, they're worth seeing because I think you're right. I think they sit in between like a, you know, a westernized animation that everyone's grown up with and maybe kind of an extreme kind of manga that they sit in the middle. And I think it's just the quality of the animation that they're so kind of brave with the themes and how they illustrate those themes because you know, it's otherworldly, but then also very human-like in terms of the main storylines that are kind of embedded in that fantasy mm. world. Mm. And I think when you can combine that with the soundtrack, they're just like nothing else. I mean, my children have seen some of the other films and they stick in their minds because they're almost abstract at times. Miyazaki won an honorary Oscar in 2015. He got the Oscar in 2003 with Spirited Away. He was nominated again in 2006 for an Oscar for Howl's Moving Castle and again nominated in 2014 for The Wind Rises. So, I mean, he is a legendary figure in animation. And I would just say for anyone who's interested in animation, give them a go. Because if you like them, there's a whole load to watch. And I think, Mm. as we said before, they're all on Netflix. They were all put on Mm. Netflix during lockdown, actually. I think they all still are on Netflix. Yeah, I just think they're absolutely delightful. They're beautiful to look at. And I remember walking through the underground station when some of these other films were available and the the posters of these films are just like a piece of art. It really is. When you walk past, I used to be mesmerised just walking, looking at the detail that was in that particular poster and thinking, yeah, I should watch that. But I never got around to watching it. And I think I will watch some more of these Japanese style animations. I think they are beautiful. 
just thinking of kind of memorable scenes there's one scene that has always stuck with me and it's the scene where Onyo escaped having been caught again by his father mm. and when he runs across the ways and is almost placed on the road mm-hmm. and sees Sosuke get out of the car mm. and just runs and runs and runs and Sosuke's can't quite work out who it is because the last time it was a fish that he saw and Ponyo just literally just jumps up at him, hugs him. I just thought yeah, it's very such cute. a heartwarming. Yeah. And that's the other thing I think that probably strikes a chord with kids is ultimately it's just this friendship, isn't it, really? Mm. Yeah, I mean, in Tina Fey, I mean, Lisa, the mum, was very strong character. The fact that she'd drive through a tsunami, <laughs> it's like very headstrong woman, very upset when her husband was told her that he was not going to come home because he had to stay out on the ship. That's a really good point because, you know, it comes up a lot when we watch films with strong female leads or indeed films with a lack of a strong female lead. But it was very, very clear watching this. This was a very strong female character. I mean, the fact that she was the father is out at sea. In actual, I mean, yeah. incidentally. That was Matt Damon, wasn't it? It was, precisely. Yeah. It was Matt Damon. So, I mean, again, you say this, you're absolutely right. Kate Blanchett, Matt Damon... And Liam Neeson are the three names you see on IMDb, which is very strange. Matt Damon has a very, very minor role. Yeah. As you occasionally see him on a ship shouting out, as it were. Yeah. Kate yeah. Blanchett only really comes up towards the end. Tina Fey really is the main, and Liam Neeson. Tina Fey, though, would be the main one. Yeah. But anyway. And Noah Cyrus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, precisely. But I, I was really struck by what a strong female character she was. It feels quite noticeable. I mean, I thought it was great for it. Yeah, she was on her own quite a lot, wasn't she? And she had a lot of trust in Sosuke as well he she would leave him he was like how old four was he and just leave him on his own and say I'll be back at this time I'm going to see check whether the the old ladies are okay at the home and I'll be back but she never came back and and then after the tsunami had happened and they've had a, a bit of a kip uh, Sosuke and Ponyo they opened up the doors and it was just beautiful you could see all the sea life on, yes. on their back garden and that was stunning as well so. yeah it was almost as if she was painted as a, you know, a single mum, you know, like Sosuke clearly it w- was given a lot of responsibility because she had to go out and work, yeah. you know, and he, he had no, that's just the, that's just the way they live. She had to give him responsibility. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. As I say, I, I really, I really liked it. I mean, down to the charm and the detail of the film. I mean, it was, it's not normally my go-to kind of animation. It's, it was stunning. I'm going to give it seven out of 10 from my side. I will give it nine out of ten for me uh, because I liked it that much. Yeah. yeah, as I say, like like you, the style of it is just so unique, and yeah, I've just got a soft spot for many of his other films. So yes, nine for me. Very good, very good. So next up is our new movie Minari. You can rent it currently off Amazon, Apple TV, and Sky Store and other online channels but Minari an interesting title it's actually an edible plant which you don't really realize unless you look up the name of it beforehand or you start getting to watch the the film really I didn't I didn't twig that it was actually an edible plant which is and it's described as water celery as well and it's an interesting name for a for a film pop quiz Rob can you name three movies with food in the title Ratatouille Oh, very good. I love that one. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Very good. Yeah, one more. Mars Attacks. Don't say <laughs> Mars. Okay, okay. That's branding okay. again. Okay, Chips. 
<laughs> the movie. That's a TV show. Oh, it's a it, movie. It was right. made in there. It was made into a uh, movie. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you to name three movies with vegetables in them. Oh, but crikey. to be honest, I couldn't even find three <laughs> three movies with vegetables, really. Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle yes. Stop Cafe, Attack yes. of the Killer Tomatoes, yeah. Vanilla Sky, Milk, Salt. Oh. The uh, Peanut Butter Falcon, one oh, you watched recently, you loved. Yeah. Princess and the Pea. There you go, I've got my my three. Pineapple Express and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. That's a good question, though. I like that. <laughs> so Minari is is this week's one. Um, it's written and directed by Lee Isaac Chung. It's a semi-autobiographical take on his life of being a Korean immigrant himself in Arkansas in 1980s and it was released in 2020 and it has however just come out for digital release this film follows Yi family who started farming in Arkansas so dad Jacob having done some work as doing sexing chicks in California both him and his wife Monica had two young children whilst they were there Anne and David and um, so brought up in the US and they moved to another part of the US to try and make a, a living off new crops from the farm that they want to make and build and cash also coming in whilst they do this to support themselves and continue to do the setting of chicks again for a local farmer in Arkansas and when this is you know where they get to meet also other Koreans and they also support them whilst they are there as well so it stars Stephen Young, who you may have seen as Glenn from The Walking Dead. He plays Jacob, the dad. You've got Yuri Yang, who plays Monica, the mum. You've got Alan S. Kim, who is an absolutely gorgeous little boy called David. You've got Noel Cho, who's a lovely girl called Anne, and she's the daughter. And you've got Ya Jong Yong, who plays Sonja, who is uh, the grandma and is up for Best Supporting Actress for Oscars this year. And she is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. David and Sonja are absolutely brilliant and really make the film. You promised me a feel-good movie, actually, last week, Rob, and... I'm not sure whether it is that 100% what you know as written on the tin. It has beautiful scenes and I love grandma's humor, but tragic things really do happen and you're kind of willing the family to do really well, especially Jacob and Paul played by Will Patton, who you may have seen from Armageddon. They work so hard on that farm to make these ripe juicy vegetables to sell to markets and also try Korean markets as well. But it doesn't always work out how they would like it to work out. But the best thing which gives the family hope for the farm to survive is is the minari and that's the water celery the edible plant which i mentioned planted by brook in the wood on the farmland which is grandma discovers and, and plants and nurtures herself the kids are completely americanized and the parents really struggle to, to manage the children whilst they're doing the sexing of the chicks basically and they invite grandma to come and stay with them however they find it a bit odd because grandma is very korean and they're a bit more american and however they do still speak Korean to their parents but they find it a bit strange when grandma and mum start introducing new food types medicine to them when the kids don't really know what to do with themselves really uh, grandma it's this is where I have the link with war with granddad grandma shares a bedroom with David which kicks off a slight war between the two of them and David does do a bit of bedwetting unfortunately but he is young and grandma just starts calling him ding dong broken <laughs> It's quite hilarious, some of the stuff she comes out with. The family love Mountain Dew as well, and David decides to pee in a glass and gives it to his grand as well. <laughs> I 
So they just like, have this have comedy moments like this throughout the film. And Grandma also gets into US TV, watching wrestling, just laps up the 80s TV that's on at the time. And it helps her to speak English as well, which reminds me, going back even to the last film, which we were talking about Little Mermaid and the splash with Daryl Hannah when she learns how to speak English while watching TV in, in the 1980s as well. So I don't know whether it was a nod to that as well, but it, it was quite an interesting connection that, with these two films this week. I did feel the film left me a bit hanging at the end, but I'd love to get your thoughts, Rob, what you thought about it. Yeah, so first of all, it was the poster that I was looking at on IMDb. The quote was, the film we all need right now. Yeah, I know. And I had seen the trailer, and I think from watching the trailer... In my mind, I did have a more straightforward, uplifting film than what you get, because this film is so much about the clash of cultures, not just between Mm. Korean culture and US culture. It's also about the cultures between the different generations as well. And it's like the struggle of all of those that eventually aligns itself towards the end of the film. And that whole element of often you have to go through the tragedy to get that kind of second chance, that second birth, whatever you want to call it. And Minari obviously is what symbolizes that, this edible plant that the grandmother plants that eventually takes hold uh, and that becomes almost the thing that binds everything together at the very end but there's no doubt about it along the way there's a lot of quite serious family drama that plays out not least between the husband and wife so it's one of those films where there's actually quite a lot of heavy stuff going on but it's offset if you like by much lighter relationships storylines primarily between the boy and the grandmother. And I think because it has that humour and playful element to it, it keeps it on an even keel. But it certainly is not like a hugely uplifting film. And I'm with you. When it got to the end, I suddenly realised, I think this is going to be the end. It's, it's like this simple. And I just had a lot of questions at the end myself it was how is it going to be now are they going to be much happier are they going to stay are they going to go you know that kind well, of well i think this actually brings forth the question which is quite interesting is that there are some and not many i mean most films are quite conventional in so much as the ending is very much a conclusion very much wraps everything up and i think most cinema especially hollywood cinema let's face it it plays to that those similar plot points and you come away you feel like satisfied you know what's finished you know what's the end so those films that let's just say are a bit more ambiguous or tie some things up but there's not like a definite ending it's quite jerking in a way it's like oh right and it, and it just leaves you kind of thinking, okay, that ending does kind of sum up that bit, but but yeah, but then what what happens next? And I I do like that, but there's no doubt about it that in some ways the initial reaction you have is that it doesn't feel very satisfying. The conclusion is very subtle, but the family, amidst all of the difficulties and obstacles and issues that they have, all eventually come together. But the way in which that showed at the end is is not particularly clear. But you can argue, well, that's just life. Nothing is particularly clear. Mm. And we're supposed to think that there is optimism now, there's positivity 
the wife has that opportunity. At one point, you think that, you know, the wife decides that she can't have any more of this life and she wants to leave him. And so you have all this that boils to a head. And what you're led to believe, I suppose, from the end is that, no, they all stick together. They're all going to stick together and they're going to get a second chance. And this Minari might well be the start of that or the symbolism for that. So it's one of those endings that really stayed with me. But... It's a film that I'd almost like probably need to watch again because I think what's great about it is in actual fact, the storyline really is very simple. Depends on plot points. It's not hugely complicated, but I think what is complex, if you like, or intelligent about it is the subtlety of what's happening just underneath the surface. It's what's playing out in all those different relationships between the different generations, the, the different characters in the family. You know, I had a quick dive into it in terms of what should be the meaning that we take out. What do people see as the meaning that you take out of the film? And in actual fact, having read a bit and delving a bit more into like you say the upbringing of the director having heard a bit more about it i can now start to see little things that i may not have spotted the first time round that i think will give it even more resonance but there's no doubt about it it's a beautifully made very tender intelligent drama that is very very engaging uh, yeah. and also it's funny isn't it that there, there is light it and is, there's, 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 light, there's, and there's light and there's dark yeah, yeah there's light and dark and you know you want them to do well so they do i know you always like to have a character in your the films that you review where you have a connection or uh, I think you do with the whole family I think on this occasion and you're right with the storyline it sort of plods along but it's it's a snapshot of their life trying to succeed really but it is beautifully done some of the shots are and the light and dark outside are, are really well done and really capture the weather as well in Arkansas you know how hot it can get and how wet it can get and hurricanes come their way and you almost would feel that they've just moved there from Korea actually and they've lived in California before then but maybe they're more out in the open than they were in California you kind of don't understand really what they had gone through when they were in California when they first came across from from Korea but yeah no a very charming story this has been nominated for six Academy Awards best picture best actor best supporting actress best score yeah best director best original screenplay so I mean that's saying something it's definitely a film yeah. I want to watch again that's for sure I uh, think um Ya Jung Young has got a really good strong I chance think you, I think I think you're right no. I think you're right I, I think she's a brilliant job everyone who I know who's seen this has said that she's fantastic and she is and, and if you think about it if you take her out of it it won't have that light it won't have the same resonance you know it was if she was mm. the one who represents she was like the stalwart of the older generation she was the one that planted the minari she was the one that eventually formed the bond with the children and she mm. was the one that provided the light to the film as well yeah. Uh, and the wisdom, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, what am I going to give it? I'm going to give this nine out of 10, but I, I do think I probably didn't pick up on all of the stuff maybe bubbling under the surface, but yeah, yeah it was a beautiful watch. Yeah, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but I'm going to give it an eight and a half out of 10. I think simply because of the ending, I wanted to know, I wanted closure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally get it. it. I, I totally kind of, when it, it stopped, I was like, "What? It can't stop now. What yeah. happens? Does they, you know?" Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I was, I was exactly, I was yeah. exactly the same. But it is a really good watch. I highly recommend it, and it's got a whole heap of charm. And the kid in this film is 
absolutely gorgeous. He's so sweet. And it's it's funny that we've got two films this week that have got a very strong little boy character in it. Yeah. And I watched, I watched, he's, he's a bit of a character anyway um, in real life. I, I watched a little video with them um, promoting this film and he's full of beans and I think he's going to be probably in lots more films going forward. Great scores. Right. So whilst we are building up to the Oscars, we thought we would go for a film that, although it's not up for an Oscar, it has been given plenty of plaudits for other awards. So this is The Mauritanium, which stars Tahir, Rahim, Jodie Foster and Benedict Cumberbatch. It picked up a Golden Globe for Jodie Foster in supporting role. And it's also been nominated for a, a host of BAFTAs. And so, yeah, we thought it was a good one because yep. it's getting quite a lot of coverage. It's available on Amazon Prime. And, you know, I think after Minari, it's probably maybe a slightly more mainstream film. So that's what we're going to go for this week. So that's our that's newbie. And the oldie, we only have one category left before we chuck all the genres back in the hat, and that is music or musical. And I am picking off your list, Sarah. My list, So yes. how many do you have on your music musical list? I have nine musicals. Well... It was my daughter's birthday party today and it's her birthday tomorrow and she will be eight. So in honour of little Elsie, I'm going to pick number eight. Very good choice because it's excellent. It is Bill and Ted's excellent adventures. Oh, what a <laughs> Wild stallions. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Because so you know it's... what, I haven't, when the, when the third one came out recently, it got such a good reception in terms of that whole, it was just great nostalgia phase, you know, it's just good. Mm. But I didn't watch it. And I think the reason I didn't go to watch it was because I felt I needed to refresh my memory by watching at least one of those first two films. So I'm I'm actually quite glad you picked that now because <laughs> it wasn't quite a strong enough draw for me to do that at the time. But, but now I, I have no choice but to watch. Watch a classic film. Yeah, no, it's it's a classic. It's got Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter in it, who we've, you know, reviewed with The Lost Boys, of course, as well. So, yeah, it'll be a good one. So, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure from 1989. Two seemingly dumb teens, seemingly, well, I'm not sure, dumb teens set off on a quest to prepare the ultimate historical presentation with the help of a time machine. Yeah, streaming currently off Sky and Now TV. And you can rent or buy it from most online channels, including Amazon, YouTube and Apple TV. So, great. Cool. Well, I just just do want to say now Mm. that I'm not quite ready for the medal ceremony. I'm not either. Do you know why? Part of mine has not arrived yet and I've complained. (laughs) Have you? Do they not realise how important this is? I know, exactly. That's what I said. It's for a special occasion (laughs) when I wrote some plain. Do Do you not know who I am? Do you not know what this is for? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's very much a do-it-yourself medal there i have to say rob oh well don't worry that's exactly what i need to hear because you haven't seen what i you haven't seen what i've got there's not many movie medals out there i mean i have my home alone one but there's not many really other no, medals you can't there. just go onto amazon and type in movie medal and think oh i'll just pick one of these they don't really yeah, exist no. do they no. So you are happy to use well i'm certainly having to use my imagination to come up with so this. fingers crossed maybe next week <laughs> Yeah, let's, go. Yeah, let's see how we go. Let's see if all the parts have arrived. <laughs> 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 Maybe next week. 
Yeah, uh, sounds good. Good sounds stuff. Sounds good. All, All right. right. Well, I'm going to probably top up my drink with some more Prosecco and uh, continue celebrating. I've still got some left. Look at that. Oh, very good. I, I, I downed mine throughout the podcast. So, yeah, you're, uh, exactly. Your reviews were I'm, getting better I'm dry. And better. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, look, have a fantastic week. Enjoy the rest of the Easter holly bobs. And, yes, uh, and me. Look forward to catching up again next week. Brilliant. Sounds good. Thank you all very right. much, Rob. And thanks to all our listeners for over the past year. I uh, yes. really appreciate all your support. We can call out lots and lots of names, but uh, you've all been really fantastic. So thank you very much for listening. Absolutely. In. Stick with us. Carry on listening, please. <laughs> exactly. All right, then. See you, Sarah. Take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.